This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, ready? Curdy B, I've never been more ready for anything in my whole life. This Uh-oh. one's got, <laughs> this one's got <laughs> words to it, but here, here we go. Like it's 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 structured it's interestingly. Here we go. Logaria. Russia highway robbery: colon official stole thirty three mile road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. A Russian highway robbery official. Oh, and the official stole 33 miles of road. Exactly. Boy. Life really is a highway. <laughs> this is your last exit to laughs on a brand new Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, that across from me is Scotty Landis. That is Kurt Brownoller. I hope you saw his special Perfectly Stupid on Moment.co. Dot-coms are for stale, old, tired people. Boring. And guess what? Right now you can go watch. Look, at I. there's going to be multiple ways to watch Perfectly Boom. Stupid. All right? Pow. But here's the easiest ways. Go to PerfectlyStupid.com. I bought the domain. <laughs> was it was available, available and uh, you, it'll it'll tell you everywhere you can go. Right now, you can watch it on Amazon, folks. Right now, as of this episode, you can watch it on Amazon. You can watch it on Google Play. You get it wherever you get your TV on demand. Yeah, that's great. Am- Amazon started doing Thursday night football, and I was like, "These bozos! What do these what do these jackasses know about anything?" Watched it, loved it. Was like, "This is great! I'm having a great time <laughs> streaming perfect HD in the comfort of my home." <laughs> Anyways, nobody that listens to bananas likes football. <laughs> Anyways, total wrong audience. You ready for our guest intro, Scotty? I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. I am as well, folks. Our guest today. Mm-hmm. Is a fantastically prolific and hilarious writer and True. not too bad of a person either. Great gal. She's written for only the best, like, oh, I don't know, Time and Mother Jones. Heard of and it. And on the best televisions for Maniac and Dare Me. 
Uh, her book, The Ugly Cry, is amazingly moving and very funny. And of course, you know her from her Exactly Right movie podcast. I saw what you did. Welcome, Danielle Henderson. Woo! Baby boys, what's up? Hello. How's it what going, is guys? Up? I'm so excited yeah. to be here. I adore you both so much. And you know, we it's you. Mutual. It's mutual. This is just going to be a, a mutual round of affection podcast. You're going to learn you're going to lose 50,000 listeners. They're like, "Oh god, they just keep talking about how much they like each other. Goodbye." Oh, <laughs> I think that is our sweet spot because I think everybody else in the world is so angry and cynical and we're just like, "Things are pretty fun. Sometimes dogs are cowboys and people are like, "We like these guys." <laughs> and Danielle was the guest on our first live show i was hampton hampton Hampton, connecticut hampton connecticut (laughs) that was such a fun show you brought whiskey for us it was very nice of you i did a full bottle too i didn't like a full um, bottle you know put it It in a cooler fly back a full bottle let me tell you (laughs) i was hoping it wouldn't i'm like these guys are out here now this is the first of many let let the games begin we did that thing. Oh, that was uh, Kurt had to fly back very early the next morning. We shared a room <sighs> at a very interesting Best Western in the area, <laughs> uh, a suite that it was sweet in some ways. Um, it was like I booked it. Whenever I book the hotel, it's always a bad hotel. <laughs> Bear <Bear-mans. laughs> No. Bear, no, you're like, it's true. got a bed. I'm there. I, I, will got, tell you, the <laughs> I will tell you this about Hampton. On the way, I drove there from where I mm-hmm. currently live. And on the way in, I was behind, as I crossed the Hampton city line, I was behind a car that was... Filled to the brim with electronics in the trunk, and it had no a good sign. trunk part, like no roof. It was just open <laughs> to the elements, <laughs> filled with electronics. And I'm like, this town's great. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to make it out alive. Let's try it. <laughs> At uh, 9 a.m. after partaking in your whiskey, I think Kurt and I tried to watch that really bad action movie, Red, some, Red Notice. What was it, Kurt? The rock one? The rock and Gal Gadot and... Um, Ryan Reynolds. Oh. I think it was Red Notice, right? Yeah. It was Red really, something. Red something is bad. It took us three or four live show after party drinks of two. Just Kurt and I drinking on small sofas trying to get through that movie. Um, but in the morning, I get up. Kurt's already gone. I'm packing up Charlie Fromage. And I call an Uber to the airport. And the man's name was Nimrod. And <laughs> Big Green Day I mean, fan. Big Green Day fan. What are you going to say? And You know, that is a name. And... Nimrod is like an insult now, but it used to mean like it was, Nimrod was like a warrior. He was like a leader warrior type, like Attila or something. What? So, really? Yeah, he, he, you looked it up? Of course I did, because I was like, who would na-? he was like a grown man in his fifties, and his name was Nimrod, and I'm like, this guy has gone through five decades. I'm not going to get in and be like, what's up, Nimrod? So but, you got him yeah. drunk. <laughs> I got him drunk on the bottom half of that whiskey. <laughs> I've only ever known Nimrod as an insult directly from my grandmother's lips. I've never it's heard it any insult. other way. It's a great, it's a great one. It's a great. <laughs> I was listening to a recent episode, and you. It was the uh, transitional shoe episode where you were talking about how you watch daytime TV with your grandmother all the time, and yeah. then. You and Millie got into how Skechers slip-ons are the transition shoe from <laughs> being middle-aged to being old. Who knew? I was uh, laughing so hard. Millie, it was the, the it was so funny. Millie's dad introduced that concept to her, and I, it's it's forever ingrained in my head because it's just a, such a pivotal moment that 
you don't want to tie and for and for him it's a transitional shoe that's also a fancy shoe so he yes. has a pair that's like you know the beat up golf pair but then to he the has, restaurant yeah a restaurant yeah. shoe and i'm like this is blowing my mind <laughs> i, I think it. i wear i think i wear a transitional shoe now <laughs> which is yeah these nike flyies oh yes you do <laughs> they break in half like when you take them off they break in half and so that literally the sole like sticks up so you just slide it and then step down and the shoe like pops up around your foot yes. so i never have to touch the shoe i have you're to start stop shoe. wearing them you're I in a transitional shoe them. no you i i listen i watch perfectly stupid a couple of times <laughs> oh, and i know that nice. joke of you now have finally aged into your look keep Great the joke. shoes because the shoes are part of it <laughs> are, oh, i just don't care anymore <laughs> we have so much cool. fun on our pod but yeah Millie, millie's dad broke the transitional shoe and then i um because i i moved with moved my grandmother into my house uh i came up with the final the final transition the final shoe which is a, mm-hmm. a velcro romper stomper the velcro a, romper stomper yeah you get to a certain oh. age and it's just velcro you just you can't and somebody else yeah. is doing the velcro for you mm-hmm like yeah, and the shoe yeah. is like as come. big as a loaf of black bread, and then yeah. it's as wide as a tennis racket, Absolutely. and it's just for shuffling right along. You do a little sweeping. You're like a Swiffer yeah. drive going across the <laughs> kitchen floor. <laughs> and your shoes have completed the circuit from child Velcro to elderly Velcro. <laughs> it's a yes. circle of life plays out of the heels. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Soviet space program. Thank you so very much. If you've been animals, if you've never listened to I Saw What You Did, it's a great film podcast, but it's also just conversational and fun. And that episode... It's so funny. Just dive in there. I was listening all week, and I was like, this... I was laughing so hard. And you guys were talking about malls and how every town had, like, three malls. And it's, like, shopping malls. And it's true. Like, we had... Three, we had the original Hunt Valley Mall, which is like straight out of like that Stranger uh, Things, like battle scene or like Bill and Ted. It's like that quintessential 80s mall with fountains and that's where Santa would be and that kind of stuff. We had the Owings Mills Mall, which was like the slightly nicer mall at the time, which is now gone. And then we had Towson Town Center. And all of those town centers would come in and everybody would be like, this is the fancy mall. This This one has a... It has a Nordstrom instead of a Belk. It's very fancy. Yep. Absolutely. This one has prom gear. It has like the fancy watch store. They don't have a lot of kiosks in the middle because they want you no. to kind of have space to, to mm-hmm. shop at the real places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no Claire's. There's no Claire's no. there. No, there's no, definitely not God a head forbid. shop. There's no like little bookstore for me to kind of stalk the cute guy in the ponytail who works there. Like that doesn't oh, exist there. Man. Everyone who works there is 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 middle aged and above and they do not want you gawking. That any right. kind of town yeah. center mall is like no no gawking, no children, basically no oh, right. children. It's always town center, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was that was for us, it was Freehold. Freehold was the nice mall. And then Mammoth Medical was the was the net like it was a fancy mall, but not too fancy. A and then Seaview Square. Seaview Square was oh no, not Mammoth Medical. Sorry, Mammoth. Mammoth Mall. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on in that mall? Mammoth Medical is where my mom worked. <laughs> Pretty fun. <laughs> But then the the Seaview Square Mall was the mall that was closest to our house, and that was the mall where just everybody smoked at all times. Yes. It was it was only Chess King. It was yes. just Chess King and smoking, <laughs> and one Sam Goody and a Spencer's Gifts, and the that best. was the all of it. It and is JC Penny. Truly, it was the best. truly the best. Truly an astonishing 
relic of a place where you could go and give your children secondhand cancer, pick up a couple of things to wear to a wedding. Absolutely. Grab a Hallmark uh, souvenir, like a a Christmas tree ornament. Like a Hummel doll. Just knock yourself out. You could do everything at, at a mall. I miss them terribly. I yeah. started. I've started going again. I think it's because of children, um, but now I've rediscovered a love for malls. I because yeah. I you know for, until eighteen, that's all I did. It was just malls. Of course, like, multiple times a week, I was in the mall. I knew it by the back of my hand. Yes, and mm-hmm. now I'm back at the Americana brand because I can bring my kids. They can get a hot dog and do some bubbles. Yes, and then I can get a drink. And then we can just sit on the grass. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's free. grass at these malls. <laughs> You're, that's a fancy mall. <laughs> it is oh, pretty it's nice mall. mall. It's a very it is fancy pretty nice. mall. But we used to, like, <laughs> in middle school, you know, your parents would drop you off. Uh, and, you know, they'd be like, or one set of parents would drop you off with your friends. And then your parents would come get you or whatever. And we would, like, see girls we had crushes on or vice versa. And we would, like, play hide-and-go-seek running. We would sprint through the mall. And you would, oh, yeah. like, hide from who you liked. Or they would hide from you. And you were just, like, hauling ass in a way that you're probably 10, 11, 12. But I was thinking about that today because when I was listening to your pod. And I was like, I think that was, like, you were young and you you started to have, like, sexual energy and feelings yes. but you didn't know what it was so talk about transitional so shoes like running away like, literally absolutely. running away from it you just had pent-up energy where you're like there's nikki i really <laughs> feel something for her ah and then you just sprint to jc penny and hide in the sweaters <laughs> you didn't know what to do with that it could not be more accurate and it was just yeah. so much giggling and running away and just like we don't even know how to talk about this with each other let's just laugh yeah. and run Yes, uh, we haven't hit puberty, but it's in there. So we're going to chase each other and laugh and then just like run away. And then your parents would pick it from the mall and you'd be sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I remember God. I remember the first time. This isn't about the sexual awakening, but I remember the first time we brought Olive to the mall was the first time she saw bubbles outside of the context of our house. Oh. So magical. Because there's a person who sells a bubble gun and the, all the kids have bubble guns there. And it was like, I've never seen, she was like two years old at the time. I've never seen someone, she she was just like, bubbles? It was as if, like, do you know, like a band yeah. that only you think you like, and yes. then someone is listening to the music and is like, You like this band? Like, this is a band. Like, she walked in there just like, What? <laughs> you guys know about bubbles? Bubbles. <laughs> she just yelled bubbles for like one full hour, just throwing her hands in the air, going, Bubbles. <laughs> It was the coolest moment. <laughs> you watch someone discover magic and joy, yeah. and that is yeah. such a special. And that kid is such a sweetheart to begin with. But yes. I just absolutely <laughs> love that that just that discovery Me of too. the world outside uh, via bubbles. How precious is that? My God! <laughs> the rest uh, of us discovered the world. The, the world were like, oh God! Your mom also drinks Seven Up and like Sevens and like four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I used to drink a seven and seven. That was a good drink. I miss seven and sevens. You miss a seven and seven. I, we had a Jimmy Janger, which was close to it, which was which was Jameson and ginger ale. But a seven and seven is better. Well, you don't keep seven good. and seven stuff. I, I mean, that's not to me the kind of thing you just keep in your house. 
Like you're not just kind yes. of casually having Nobody, that ever. There is no bottle seven of Seagram, Seagram 7 in the universe that isn't covered in dust. There's no dust free <laughs> bottle of Seagram 7. And it has world. that, that bottle is like, uh, it has that like kind of like, uh, like. Uh, yeah, frosted. Or, Bible. Yeah, what like what yeah. do you call it? Like it's just like bumpy. It's like a bumpy glass <laughs> texture. Rainy. I'm looking for the word texture. It has a texture a to it. Frosty right? bumpy. <laughs> and I'm just doing like a like jazz hands oh, the whole time. Storm. All right, do you guys want to hear about this uh, highway robbery? Oh, I want. Yeah, I, I've never wanted to hear about anything else. All right, here it is. <laughs> this was, uh, of course, sent in by Copy Haste. We're back on Copy Haste. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Happy Haste. This, come out, this comes out much later. Yep. Uh, this is from the BBC, written by... Mm, they're good. Nobody wants to say, because okay. nobody wants to be reporting on this. Correct. Russia, it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Russia highway robbery. Official stole 50-kilometer road. See, I mean, I, crazy. I said the miles for that headline at the top, because I translated it for us, but it says 50-kilometer road. Here it is. Wow. A senior prison official has been detained in Russia, accused of stealing a 50-kilometer, 31-mile length of highway. Great. Police said Alexander Propotopopov. I'm not kidding that that is his name. (laughs) Protopopopov. I mean, it. I loved it, how you said it. Pro, 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 to, that just pop, rolled pop, uh, off the tongue in a way that I'm very impressed, Kurt. I'm deeply pop, impressed. Alexander Protopopopov <laughs> acting. To, there's an extra Apopapa inside of it. That's why. Apopapa. Yeah. Acting de- <laughs> deputy chief of Russian's prison service oversaw the dismantling of the road in the far northern Komi region, which is, first off, Already fascinating that Russia's going around dismantling roads. Absolutely. We would just let it just rot into the whatever field is there. The yeah, earth would normal. take it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he then sold off its 7,000 reinforced concrete slabs for personal profit, they added. Smart. Ofi- officials believe the scheme cost the government between 6 million rubles. Oh, cost more than 6 million rubles, which is $79,000. Oh, no problem. The road was dismantled and driven away over the period of more than a year, between 2014 (laughs) and 2015. The investigative committee said in a statement quoted by the AFP news agency, the concrete slabs were then used by a commercial company, which sold them for profit. Mr. Propopodipov was the head (laughs) of Comey's region's prison service from 2010-2015 and won awards such as the medal for creating, quote, spiritual unity among Russian prisons, folks, among Russian prisons. All right. Yeah. Uh, he was arrested on Wednesday, faces charge of misappropriating of state property while using his official position. He could be in jail for 10 years. The head of all the jails. Not, not good. do well in jail. Oh, no. You don't want that. Um Another prison service official, head of a penal colony, and a businessman was also under investigation. Um, there was something in here that I wanted to say. Um, and, so slowly, oh, this it. man was was selling chunks of road over the course of years, and even with that, he only made seventy nine thousand dollars. That is, seems like so much work. Yeah, it sounds like so much work. But maybe in Russia, seventy nine thousand dollars. You know. $79,000 drinks you in Russia, okay. you know? I didn't think you were going to do it. <laughs> right <did> away. It. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go for that. But you went for it. Also, I got to say, if you're dismantling and selling this road over a manner of a year or more, yes. you've put in the work. Like, you deserve yeah. the whatever profit is coming out of that. 
I wouldn't yes. want to dismantle even a foot of a of a road. Nope. Here, thirty-one miles of There's it. There's no way he put in the work. And if they needed to have that road taken away, if that's what they do there, if they actually yep. take roads apart, he did a service. And I don't yeah. think you should send him to his inevitable death in a jail that he used to run. Got that right. Simply because he took up a road apart. Now I'm rereading the article. I don't know if he was a supposed to remove the road i think he just found a road and decided to sell the road away oh then goodbye (laughs) goodbye comrade that's even funnier that's That's even funnier to be like i need money what can i sell what can i sell what can i sell and you look Hmm. out in the field all you got is a road that goes through the field i guess i could sell parts of the road they'll never notice it'll be years before they notice that i took this damn road apart there's nothing oh, out here. No. It's the North Territory. There's nothing here. Yeah. We've <laughs> had a few stories sent to us about bridges in America being stolen and sold. We've had yeah. two times, I can think, two different bridges where they would just completely disappear. And then they'd be like, that was a 35-foot bridge. That was a 70-foot bridge. And somebody just picks it up and steals it. Usually, And usually people take the money before the thing is constructed. So I'm actually quite yes. impressed by the... Like, did you watch that, um, that Imelda Marcos documentary? Uh, no, where they were like, oh yeah, her husband was the absolute worst, so corrupt. Like they took all the money they were supposed to be using to build roads, and yeah. they're supposed to read them like build them like four four inches thick. They built them one inch thick, and they cracked immediately. Like oh, usually right. the corruption happens before the building. Yeah. So I think there's something kind of fun and and it's a cool twist to do it after the road has already been there for a while. <laughs> you would see, it, you would think it would be more difficult, but not in Russia. It's like a magic uh, trick. I was in. Peru in January 2020 so right before the big great quar and we were on a road that was being paved we were like following a paving vehicle and so they were like letting one car around it at a time and we had a, it was for a tv show and myself and the other guy that was sitting on the left side of the 18 passenger van both glance up to our left at like a glass apartment building and there was a nude person uh vacuuming and Dur says to me <laughs> Naked person? I go, yes. And he goes, man or woman? I go, no idea. He goes, yeah, me too. And then we just kept rolling. And everybody, nobody else saw what we were talking about. So in their minds, just two guys who had been riding in complete silence just go, naked person? Yes. Man or woman? No clue. And then just, but, 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 but. Right through I would a think ketose. that was a code for like they're going to murder us and and steal our money yeah. now. They said nothing for yeah. hours. Let's not put those two in the same <laughs> hotel room tonight. I don't like the looks of these guys. I love the freedom of, of the rest of the world as being like, I don't care about your goddamn road that you're paving. I need to vacuum right now, and I do it nude, yes. and I'm not changing a thing, and yes. you're going to deal with it, every motorist in Peru. I start by sucking the clothes off my body, then I go to the floor. Next comes the upholstery. And we were like, yeah, we couldn't tell what that was, but they were definitely cleaning in the window for a reason. They loved That's that so road funny. getting paved. That's a certain kind of exhibitionism that i am not privy to (laughs) no 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 no, no, no. not for me either um all right i got one that just came in i'm I'm gonna actually read it off the website and it was sent in like right uh by stacy seal s-e-e-l thank you stacy so yes i'm reading this for the first time but I read the first two paragraphs right before Danielle signed on, and I think it's going to be a hit. This was on rollingstone.com. Okay. 
written by best in the biz Andrea Marks. She's oh. good at this kind of story. She she's really is. she's awesome at this. Uh, a rumor about a crabs outbreak at Brigham Young University sparks talk about armpit sex. I mean, hold I'm, on tight. Oh I'm strapped in because you this are. Is, let me take a here sip. Here we go. It's it's <laughs> what. Here we go. A rumor began circulating over the weekend that there had been an out an outbreak of crabs, the STI, at Brigham Young University, but not quite in the way you would think. Though though unverified, the claim or some version has been circulating that undergrads are catching the STI not in their nether regions, where pubic lice typically hangs out, but in their armpits. The implication was that the majority Mormon student population was using an intercourse workaround, possibly known as bagpiping, where one partner pumps his <laughs> penis in the armpit of another. <laughs> First of all, possibly known as I never heard that. I like to think I know a lot of slang, but bagpiping. Like I do too. But also, it suggests that the person is moving their arm <laughs> like they're, like, like they're because it must just sound like you're making armpit farts too. Like uh, yes, it really must. Uh, where one partner pumps his penis in the armpit of another. <laughs> I've never heard of this. In theory, at least, it creates a pleasurable experience for at least one of the parties involved. <laughs> You take a guess. Uh, does it, though? I don't know. Uh, while not compromising the participants' <laughs> commitment to chastity, it sounds a little too spot on to be true, but ex-Mormons and an STI expert who spoke to Rolling Stone say it's not impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's impossible. I mean, yeah. If you have crabs and you stick them in somebody's armpit, they can transfer from that to there. Yes. So oh, armpit boy. sex isn't the only intercourse workaround rumor that's made its rounds online. Ooh, yes. Perhaps most famously, they're soaking, sometimes known as docking or floating, where mm -hmm. one person puts their penis inside of their partner, but neither moves. Yep, We've heard all heard of that. Of that. That's, that's old. That's old <laughs> that's hat to old. this crew. So do you know... Do you know, I mm -hmm. went, so Lauren and I had a podcast called Wedlock, which was all yes. about marriages. And we went to a tantric sex workshop with this woman. And uh, and what, and what so we're like, I'm like, what is this going to be? Do you know what I mean? It's like we went through, and it was all being recorded and everything. We kept our clothes on the whole time. But one of the things she suggested was to just, it was essentially now what's called soaking or whatever, which is just placing the penis in and then not moving it at all. <laughs> Doesn't seem that fun to me. That's the first a, part sounds cool. What a great Guess what? dare. What a great dare. Who's going to move first or who's going to yeah. puke first? <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. How do I get out of this? Vomit, naturally. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Guess what? God. Somebody starts moving. That's what of happens. Course. Somebody starts moving. Um, it's it's the, the nature <laughs> of the human body. Someone's going to move. And guess what? They're moving at BYU, too. They just don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah, right. They're saying they're soaking, but they're more like they're rinsing. I love floating. a sex workaround. I love... A story mm -hmm. about I, I, yeah. Let me clarify. I love a story about a sex workaround. I feel yeah. no need to work around it in my own life. That's right. Just go for Just it. Go Jeez, for you want to go around the carousel once? Have some fun. But I the, wish there was a sex workaround where they took off their promise ring and then used that to jerk off with. That yeah. would be the best. Oh Just me melted them down and created one giant <laughs> ring. <laughs> if that fits, you got bigger problems than God judging you. It's the one that fits 
it just finger shape? Have you ever seen like the cannoli that's like a bunch of cannolis inside of a big cannoli? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like that, but dicks. I have always yeah. wanted to know how to armpit fart ever since I was a little kid. I've never been able to do it. Never tried a dick. Mm. Yeah, you were you were a king if you could do a good armpit fart at the right grade. You were yeah. really Rolled you were the wrist. life of any pool party for and sure. And then, but it was a short window because yeah. then bringing it out was real embarrassing. Like one year later, oh, be like, super all right, gross. Everyone's we've all like, seen Ugh. the armpit fart, Brian. Neil, yeah, we come get on. it. Put yeah, wear a t-shirt. Enough of this tank top business, <laughs> Brian. We know your skill set. <laughs> Catching crabs in one's armpit isn't impossible, (laughs) according to Dr. Sue Milstein, who probably laughed when Rolling Stone (laughs) called her, I'm guessing. Dr. Sue Milstein, a human sexuality educator, quote, it's totally within the realm of possibility to to spread crabs that way, she says. Crabs like to live in all hair, except the hair on your head. The lice can appear... yeah, that's what it says. I read that correctly. <laughs> the lice can appear in chest hair, mustaches, eyebrows, and armpit hair. It's also possible. <gasps> eyebrows? For... Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, kids are going to be out here creating the celic where they're just mm. giving each other lice in each other's chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> Holy guacamole. The celic. There was another online rumor suggested there had been an armpit pit chlamydia outbreak in 2017 but dr milstein says that's almost certainly not true for chlamydia you need more sexual fluids again i love that andrea had to call dr milstein and be like all right i just we're doing some follow-up here at rolling stone the rock and roll magazine (laughs) (laughs) i also love the people who have the the least sexual experience are now coming up with ways you can get an sti like they're out yes. here fucking armpits and being like, you can totally get <laughs> HIV that way. You don't know anything. You're fucking an armpit. Let the experts right, weigh, weigh in. I got yeah. crabs in my eyebrows. I got gonorrhea in my eyeballs. My nose are filled with chlamydia. I should have just had consensual sex wearing a condom. <laughs> None of these things would have happened to me that way. Uh, that's the most what a enticing what part a is like nothing if you just had sex with a condom you could avoid all of this all, all, of it. all you would get just, is god's deep and abiding shame and who cares that's right that's <laughs> right <laughs> all right shall i send us into a break here i would love it here it is man tasked with preserving japan's heritage drives into the country's oldest toilet (laughs) (laughs) getting steamy on bananas We are back on Banana. Scotty, do you have any uh, shout-outs for us today? Yes, I do. Some quickies. Aiden Breedlove designed us a beautiful East Banana Land poster. Aiden is a young bananimal, and just saying thanks to Aiden. It's a really great design, and when I buy that land in Cloudcroft, we're going to send some postcards out. That would be great. 
Dan loves Marta. Marta loves Dan, and they're getting hitched, Kurt and Danielle. Aww. So congratulations to Dan and Marta. Nice. Yes, Congrats. Sweet. They seem like great people. Jeremy Getson is a junior at the Ohio State University who's majoring in chemical engineering and just after busting his ass, got an internship at Frito-Lay in New York, so he's very excited. So congrats, Jeremy. Congratulations. Barbecue Fritos are delicious. Barbecue Fritos. Oh, man. There's nothing you can't Frito, do with a Frito. nacho cheese dip. Ooh, yeah. that was the shit back in the mm-hmm. day. Or just filling it up with chili exactly. in the bag. Yeah. Just going to town Bean like a monster, my favorite. <laughs> Congrats, Jeremy. Sarah Katz is shutting out. Uh, is not shutting out. She's shouting out her husband, Zach, who is back to school after switching careers. And she just wants to say she's proud of him and excited for him. That's nice. Yeah, they're, that is they're both cool. bananimals, and they're requesting a show in Pittsburgh, Kurt, a live show. That's great. Oh, you got to do last it. And last, yeah, we got to do it. Pittsburgh's a great city. Um, what he, she doesn't up. mention is he's going back to school for philosophy. He's, his plan is to be a philosopher. <laughs> he's this he's is going bad back to software, computer bad programming choice. or software. Listen, something. don't forget that Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse went to college for philosophy. He did? Yes. Oh, my God. That is so funny. He has a philosophy <laughs> degree from NYU in that film, and it never oh. fails to crack me up. Oh, that is so funny. I had no idea. I have a degree in philosophy, folks. This is what you end up doing. (laughs) You're either a bouncer or a podcaster. (laughs) That is so funny. I forgot. For years, there was a rumor in Hollywood that Will Ferrell was making a shot-for-shot remake of Roadhouse with no changes to dialogue or anything, just Will Ferrell instead of Patrick Swayze. And for 15 years, I've been waiting for this to happen. Oh, that would be amazing. What a gift. and last but not least, I just want to personally shout out Sarah Dye, who's a professor at Baylor University, who had me come in and answer questions for students for an hour. It was really great. They were all really interesting, creative writing. Um, not all of them were majors, but they were great young people with a variety of interests, and they asked really smart questions, and some of them are probably listening to this. So follow your dreams, kitties. Anything's possible. And that's it. Nice. What a great Thanks, gift Sarah. for the kids to be able to talk to the great Scotty Landis before they even know. know what they want to do with their lives. What motivation? What more motivation do you need? They don't yes. deserve you. They do. <laughs> I really do want to be a professor in like 10 years. I want to give up this Hollywood rat race and go teach screenwriting and writing at different major universities. And it's like, I love to do this. If any of our bananas listening are college professors, I'm happy to speak for an hour. It's an honor. I love Q&As. It's so fun. You're going to do it. Oh, yeah. Anything you set your mind to happens. It's going to happen. No, I love that. You can do that. You can do that. And, of course, we are here with our fantastic guest, Danielle Henderson. Uh, Danielle, I understand that mm-hmm. you guys, you and Millie, are doing a live show soon. For Is that right? We, your podcast. We are indeed. It will be uh, this week, I believe, um, on December Ooh. 3rd at Charis Books in Atlanta. Millie nice. just wrote a book called TCM Underground, and I'm going to go and talk to her about it. And it's going to be so much fun. It'll be like a combined book podcast event. Oh, and, nice. Um, yeah, and I never leave the house. So it'll be like the one time this year you get to see me. Atlanta's fun. Yeah. Great city. I get to hang with my bud and talk books and movies and it's going to be an absolute blast and That's hope excellent. we hope to see you guys down there we'll sign stuff we'll hang out we'll talk i genuinely have no i'm basically retired so i'll hang out for the rest of the evening 
<laughs> I love that. Once Will I'm you? Out, I'll out. buy a book. I'll buy Millie's book. If you could get Millie to sign one, and if you'll also sign it, I did not write this book, Daniel Henderson. Be- I would <laughs> love that. That's what I, I plan to do. One hundred percent. I'll just sit like over her, not even like next to her. I'll be over her shoulder with a with a sharpie. Yeah. And you just come in real fast each time. (laughs) Tandem signing. (laughs) It's going to be great. But her book is so funny and it's so well researched. And she's just, she's just, you know, she's an expert in in film and film history and and cult film, especially. She created TCM Underground. And that's um, crazy. She's really changing the game in terms of what qualifies as a cult film. Uh, So I'm really excited to talk to her about that. She rocks. Awesome. She's the Um, best. And now we're going to get right into he- this headline. A total, a total transition. A totally transition. Man tasked with preserving Japan's heritage drives into the country's oldest toilet. With his butt? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've destroyed Pretty some much. toilets that way too, guys. <laughs> a lot, a lot of bananas sent this in. Yes. Uh, but I'm, I'm shouting out Katie Rao. Thank you, Katie, for Love sending that, it in. Love that, Katie. This was in Vice, written by the best in the biz, Hanako Montgomery. Uh, cool name. Uh-huh. Fantastic. And here it is. Whether it's forgetting to flush the blah, 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 blah. I don't want to do that first line. Uh, Hanako, it's a great first line. I'm not doing it. One Japan <laughs> Japanese man's mishaps has done far more damage than merely violating hygiene standards. Okay. The 30-year-old, whose job is to conserve Japan's cultural her- heritage, accidentally rammed his car into the country's oldest toilet on Monday no. and broke down its wooden door in the process. <laughs> the bathroom is located in the 700-year-old Buddhist temple to- Tofukuji, Tofukuji, located mm-hmm. in the Kyoto Prefecture, which is considered Japan's cultural capital. Oh, According God. to local media reports, the employee was visiting the temple on a work-related trip. He was turning his car around in the temple's parking lot. No. Uh, that dates back to 1200. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but forgot he was in reverse and no. pressed down on the accelerator. So he uh, did do it with his butt. Uh, <laughs> Japanese newspaper Asahi uh, Shimbun reported. Okay. Though no one was hurt, the extent of the damage was, quote, stunning. Ishikawa, director of the Temple's Research Institute, told Japanese newspaper Kyoto Shimbun the temple aims to restore the bathroom before the prefecture's autumn foliage. Foliage lures crowds, crowds, but restoration will likely take until the next year. The communal toilet, here it is, known as a Tusu, when found in Zen temples, was built between 1333 and 1392, according to the prefecture's Agency for Cultural Affairs. The bathroom was built for ascetic monks and houses Mm -hmm. 20 toilets lined up in two rows. Fun. That's a party. The whole family. (laughs) Yeah. There it is. I want to know why was this ancient toilet so close to where the cars are turning around? Like, where in the land is this thing? I also want to know why why 20 toilets (laughs) right smack next to each other. (laughs) That they all, that, that there was a need. For 20 people to take a shit at the exact same moment. Listen, we've all had a night out <laughs> with a bunch of friends and we With a bunch of ascetic monks, not <laughs> eating, how, not drinking. And how big of a bummer is it if you're number 21 and you show up to that and you're like, I really got to go. And they're like, sorry, seat taken. All right. 
I'll wait my turn. They and this is the craziest part. So it was the latrines are holes in the ground measuring thirty centimeters deep. They used to contain glass containers for monks to defecate or urinate into. The toilets were separated based on use. The bathroom was built during what's known as the Moromochi period of Japan, where country went to significant cultural developments on the influence of Zen Buddhism, like the Japanese art of tea ceremony and flower arrangement. And that is where it ends. The uh, the article ends with tea, so- tea ceremony and flower arrangement and communal pal- toilets where you <laughs> shit into a glass <laughs> jar. We're going to cleanse yeah. the palate real quick. Was it side by like 10 and 10? Like this 10 is pee, this 10 is poop? Is it like... Uh. That's a great question. I want. I had. I have so many. And did he back in in a way that was like longitudinal? <laughs> like, did he just destroy all the holes at the same time? It looks time? like. Yeah, he it was looks texting like... and driving. Uh, he, there's no way this isn't texting and driving. Like to to forget you're in reverse in a parking lot. Like, yeah, you only back up and go forward. There's only two exactly. things you can be. So he got in there, got a little ding on his phone, looked down, gassed it. Jam the gas. Gif. Jam, Jam the, the gas. I'm looking at this picture. He's, I would say, 25 to 30 feet inside the building. Oh, yeah. wow. So that meant he was going to do like a little peel out and take yeah. off, right? Like, this is, yeah, this is the other he question. He jammed it. Like, how, was he looking to leave marks? Like, why? Well, what marks. happened in that temple that he's zooming away so fast? Did he unearth an ancient demon? Was it Ooh. something else that happened? <laughs> like the bathroom There's is the more to this story. This is just the begin. <laughs> this is his hero's origin story, is what you're saying. Maybe, yes. he, maybe he knocked over a thousand year old ginkgo tree, and he's like, the bathroom will distract from the fact that I just lit this tree on fire, <laughs> yes. and I just killed the oldest organism <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> it's also interesting that like this system totally didn't work because I've only been to japan once but my experience in japan is greatest toilets and most private bathrooms i've ever been to in the entire world well now i've never been in the restaurants <laughs> in the hotels every i mean when i checked into the hotel uh, a hotel employee walked me around the room and asked me to demonstrate like how i can use the phone i can use the remote and then they would thank me and the last stop was the toilet where she just kept saying please and then i'd push a button and it would spray mist <laughs> you push another button and it would warm up you press another button and and it started playing bird sounds, like literal bird sounds. And so, and she would just say, please. And then I was like, I hope she doesn't want me to use the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, this weirdly. Because she made a bet. She's like, please, if you do use the bathroom, I yes, get right. 15. Let's, <laughs> let's see how far we can get this white dork to touch everything. Like he doesn't know what a remote control is. It was so awesome. But I was, I'm not going to name names, but I worked for a production company in LA, God, about eight years ago. And there was a big push to get Chinese uh, investment. Like everybody in movies and TV was trying to get investors from China and so they could make bigger international movies. And this one guy who owned the company, and I'd been there for about a week, nice guy. He was like, tomorrow the a bunch of Chinese investors are coming. We're going to do a big walk around. So like if, if you guys can act busy, <laughs> please do. So yeah. we were like, well, we're going to be in the writer's room. We'll be busy. So when that day came, he goes, Scotty, can you do me a favor? And he had installed a Japanese toilet in a bathroom and like sort of the main meeting area that looked, I know this sounds crazy, but the rest of it looked like an airplane bathroom, but then it had a really nice Japanese toilet. And he asked me 
to walk out of it at a certain time so and be like that's a great bathroom like god i keep wanting to say his name but uh, his <laughs> is name isn't is tommy but i'm gonna say his name is tommy is this a sad credit uh, what's that sad yeah. credited <laughs> Yeah, I'm a writer. I'm not an actor. But like, I was like, what? He's like, just walk out of there and then I'm going to show it to them after you leave. I'm like, that's even weirder, man. That's going to be like, you guys are never going to believe what just happened in there. All the way from China, huh? Treat yourself. So, But I was like, all right, I'll keep the door open and wash my hands and come out. And then he turns Tommy. God, I was said his real name again. And he said like, oh, hey, Scotty. Oh, you guys should check out this bathroom. And then he walked Chinese investors over to the bathroom that I just left and I but I was like but this is like these this is our Japanese bathroom these are Chinese investors like I think you're doing math here that is maybe racist <laughs> like but yeah I had to play like the pawn in some dumb scheme to show off an expensive bathroom to Chinese investors and I was like all right that was a total I, waste of everyone's time. I love that you just say yes to that kind of thing. Like you're always in it for the for the story or the experience. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Eight years later, I'm telling it on a podcast. Yeah, Sometimes worth it. Do that. What, what's yeah, the logic exactly. behind showing them the most? They should show them the worst bathroom. Like we need your money. Look at how these <laughs> yeah. animals are living. Scotty, grab 19 of your friends and go squat over holes out back in the parking lot. <laughs> Right away, uh, sir. <laughs> These are our writers. Look at what they're doing. Kill we me. We need at least one toilet for these writers. Strangle me. <laughs> Anyways, that Give is so one. funny. Here's another one, sort of related. Okay, I think this is, well, it's Holly. It's H-L-L-Y-W Flash. So maybe Holly W Flash. Let's go with that. Sent this in. Thank you. Hilly or Holly or whatever. Um, this was from CBSSports.com, mm-hmm. written by mm-hmm. the one and only Who? Isabel Gonzalez. Best oh. in the best. Best. God. And I love the name Isabel. It's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Man, get sacked as American Cornhole League shaken by Baggate. Okay. Oh, no. Uh-oh. So, for our international listeners, there is a very popular game in the United States of America that is sometimes called cornhole. I think sometimes it's called bags. Basically, there are two wooden uh, tilted tables uh, on the ground, and there's a hole in the middle, and you throw bean bags at the holes, and there's a scoring system, and it's just a way to get drunk. It became a sport. Somehow we caught, and apparently it became a league called the American Cornhole League. It did not. <laughs> oh, it, it's on TV oh, sometimes. Yeah. <gasps> the ACL. I'm missing. It's on so television much. sometimes, on like ESPN two or whenever, like or like Fox Sports three, and they're like, we need something. They're like, here are these guys throwing bean bags for a living. Cornhole. Yeah, it's on, it, it's on ESPN Bean. That's yeah, a, it's that's on Bean. Own, that's got its own channel. God. It should. Cornhole is usually thought of as a game that is played during summer barbecues. But there are people who are just a lot more serious about it. While your Aunt Becky taking an extra step to toss her beanbag in your grandmother's backyard might not be a big deal to you, a cheating scandal... I mean, all right, Isabel. A cheating scandal shook the professional cornhole world in August and has now gone viral as bag gate. I love that the gate, gate is always just, as a kid, because gate was put on so many things, yeah. I assumed that 
it was water and then gate was some like other part of it. And then just to find out, it's just called Watergate. It's just a building named Watergate. Yeah, the Watergate Hotel. And it's yeah. just the dumbest way to signify like and scandal. And it won't die. It won't it die. Won't die. <laughs> this it's is a whole crazy. new generation of people crazy. keeping it alive. <laughs> oh, boy. The incident happened at the doubles competition of the 2022 American Cornhole League World Championships in, you guessed it, South Carolina. It started when Devin Harbaugh filed a formal complaint, already amazing, mm-hmm. against... You, you had me a, at doubles. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, Devin Harbaugh filed a formal complaint against opponents Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, the number one ranked doubles team, I guess, in the world, at least in America, because he believed they were using illegal beanbags. I thought they were too thin. Harbaugh told the Wall Street Journal, ACL regulations require them to be six inches by six inches when lying on a flat surface, and they have to weigh 16 ounces, which I believe is one pound. Mm -hmm. Officials followed procedure and inspected the bags, and it turns out Harbaugh's suspicions were correct. The bags failed to meet the requirements of the league, so they were cheating. Or well, they didn't is know. It cheating is is a lighter bag easier to throw yeah. in a hole. Is it more aerodynamic? It doesn't seem or? like it. Well, cornhole color commentator Mark Pryor <laughs> no, said, a, "No, no, a this job sentence I, has never existed." Oh before. yeah, it's a job I now want, one hundred percent. Danielle, you have a great voice for it. You would be a great cornhole color commentator. Thank you, Scotty. <laughs> if Mark mind. Pryor steps down because he looks in the mirror one day and realizes what he's had to do, then I hope you get to slot right in there and do it. I'm there. <laughs> he said on live TV, they're too small. That's going to create some drama. So even Mark Pryor, who's the best in the business cornhole color commentator, knew that the bags were a little thin. So wait, are the bags that that thin or is it less than six inches? That's the yeah. question. If it's less than thin. six inches, I can understand. Oh, that's easier to get in the hole. But if it's a little lighter, why is that easier to get in a hole? I guess I could fold more, maybe, or I don't know. Oh, maybe it can fold more. Okay. Yeah. Damn. So Pryor was right. Definitely too immature it, to be part of this conversation right now. <laughs> why would a lighter ball bag be a I mean, problem? Yeah. It's a ball bag. <laughs> it's a ball bag. Uh, Pryor was right. Why uh, isn't but it there called was... ball bats? If it was called ball bats, that game would be so much fun to more fun to play. You guys want to play ball bags? I will be the color yes, commentator for that. I will be the color commentator <laughs> for ball bags. Yes, I do. Richards and Lopez asked for Harborough's uh, team bags to be inspected too. So the guys that got accused asked for the other ones. Officials said that their bags also <gasps> didn't meet the proper requirements, and the entire game was paused. Oh! It was ultimately decided by those in charge that the violations were not intentional by any of the competitors, and the competition was allowed to resume. So now you just have to say, what the hell are you talking about? Or Why maybe is you this guys even just... a thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if both failed and neither did anything, then... The company making the old ball bags is uh, <laughs> n- not living up to their promise. Um, ACL, the, uh, once again, that is the American Cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Spokesperson Trey Ryder, which is the Trey, most Trey, of course name. his name is Trey. <laughs> of course his name is Trey. Trey Ryder, oh. yeah. If you're playing cornhole and one of the four people playing isn't named Trey, just walk away. It's not a good game. 
You want a Haley on one side, you want a Misty <laughs> on the other, and you want a Trey and a Skyler, and then you're playing oh, no. the game of your lifetime. Nobody misses with that crew. Oh, Trey. Trey Ryder told the Wall Street Journal that there's a possibility of cheating happening, but he didn't think the players were doing it on purpose. It is possible, but I'm pretty confident it was not intentional, Ryder said. Uh, uh, is there the Wall else Street Journal here? is involved in this ball back yeah. conversation. <laughs> That's sent, crazy. They sent a writer. They sent a journalist. <laughs> so how do you prevent this, guys? First of all, they are talking about their uh, the ACL, the American Cornhole League, is talking about their intention to check bags randomly during tournaments. That could work. Ryder also told the Wall Street Journal that the league is, quote, even exploring infrastructure for automated bag testing. Oh, man. He said that they have more to invest uh, in their compliance and believes that they are taking a major step forward. And good for them. It's got to be even. Um, so insane. So I'll leave you with this little anecdote so that you realize how big this is. According to this Wall Street Journal article, the American Cornhole League has 155,000 members, which is an increase from 125,000 in 2021. So 30,000 more people jumped on board. This is, to me, the fastest growing sport in America, but I don't know if that's true. Oh my! <laughs> no, I think it's pickleball. We all yeah. agree it's pickleball. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can only combine them. It's one of the two. It's either pickleball or cor- cornhole, both which sound ridiculous. They yeah. Do. But yeah. What what are if this is an official league? How is mm-hmm. there no general requirement for ha- what's being manufactured? Because that is I where agree. I think the right. the blame lies. Yes. Who's mm-hmm. making the bags? You got to have some standards. Look, every look, Trey has a little at home, he has definitely a little scale yes. for weighing things out. We know Trey has that scale. Okay. Everybody named Trey has Trey had Rotter? that scale since nineteen ninety eight. All right. Yes. Maybe it went digital <laughs> more recently. He can bring his little weed scale in and, and measure all the bags himself. You know he wants to. They're gonna do it randomly now. He's gonna have to. <laughs> They really do show this on TV, and I laugh every time because the main, possibly only sponsor is Johnsonville Sausages. Of course it is. And I'm not kidding because, and the only reason I know that is because every time I've ever been like when I'm home at my parents' house and flipping through the TV, I see just signage for Johnsonville brats everywhere or brats, excuse me, and then it's cornhole and it's on television, and they wear jerseys. They kind of dress like Guy Fieri, to be honest. (laughs) Some of them wear quirky hats, like cowboy hats or Vikings hats, to like be the wild card of the cornhole scene. But uh, I've never seen any sponsor but sausages. So <laughs> they've got really the monopoly. Think. If this is if this, if this uh, sport is growing as fast as you've said, I feel like somebody <laughs> maybe we should jump on and sponsor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, bananas. Right? That's such a great idea. We could find out what the entrance fee is for that. That Let's would be interesting. Kurt, we could make jerseys and try to sponsor a cornhole team. Totally. Well, I don't know what. Let's run it through our, our ER legal or whatever we have to do. But I think it would be really fun to like sponsor Bananimals. The, I mean, the the Bananimals cornhole team, but what yeah. they have to call it ball bags. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bananimals ball bags. <laughs> and it just like says, it says bananas up front and on the back it says, let's ball bag. <laughs> I will watch every Friday night. I'm there. I'm, I'm there. fully in. Yellow, bananas, neon pink, neon yep. green. Bananas yep. on the front, on the back. Let's ball bag. 
I mean, the only requirement for who is on our team is if their name is Ashley and Trey. Yes, that's true too. If your name's Trey, the job is yours. That is so funny. Uh, Trey's so funny. gonna Danielle, come through. Thank happen. you so much for being on this show oh again. Return you guest. Li- genuinely, any time. I love you guys. I'm Thank a fan. You. I listen every week. You keep Thank me in you. stitches. I Thank still you. cannot believe that Scotty was a bouncer at a lesbian bar. That mm-hmm. episode, divas, killed divas, me. totally killed. I still me. have the shirt, and I just can't wait oh, till man. we can hang out in real life. I'm gonna come visit, and we can we can hang in real in real life. Oh my god, yeah, come to LA. I'm coming. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, Lauren and I are always making plans to go on okay, vacation. Great. We'll just update All right, great, you. Great. <laughs> right. Sounds good to me. Also, since the last time we talked. I don't think mm-hmm. I had land the last time we talked. We could make this East Banana Land. Oh, <gasps> do you have land? Yeah, yes. I own three acres What's... now. Oh. I have a farm. But you would have to be really comfortable with a lot of strangers showing up oh, all the lots. time. Which I do not think you would be comfortable with. <laughs> back acre, back acre. We can make back a banana. Acre. <laughs> Well, I adore you both. Go have a good days. Pick up your kids. I will talk to you soon. And of course, please go listen to Danielle's podcast. I saw what you did. It's fantastic. Thank Born you for exactly being here. exactly right. Thanks, boys. I love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.